Welcome to Motherhood Aligned. I'm your host, Katie Weed, and this podcast is for moms on a mission to bust through the overwhelm and live life on purpose. If you're ready to feel in alignment with who you're truly meant to be, then you're in the right place. And if you're anything like me, then I know you're a busy mama juggling a million things at once. But we can't just let life happen to us and get lost in the busyness. We need to take the reins and live proactively. This show is about real moms focused on family, feeling good, and finding ways to not just survive, but thrive in motherhood and life. Sound good? Awesome. Let's dive in. Hey guys, who's ready for a little bit of happiness today? Specifically happiness at home. It's no secret that we've all been home way more than usual lately, which will likely be the case for some time, even as businesses are starting to open back up. I believe our new normal will still have us home way more often. So it's the perfect time to talk about the three habits you should develop to bring more happiness into your home. And that's exactly what you're going to get today with today's guest, Ming Shelby. Ming and I met online recently because we were both launching our podcasts around the same time. We quickly realized we had a ton in common, not only around our general philosophies in life and that we both have a couple of little ones running around, but we also both live in the suburbs of Chicago, such a small world. Ming is an educator, speaker, and the host of the Courage Up podcast. She's happiest connecting with others and inspiring them to be courageous in their own lives. And let me tell you, after talking with Ming, you'll feel inspired. She's a breath of fresh air, full of positivity, and I'm so excited to introduce all of you to Ming Shelby. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, listening to you in my intro, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we're connected. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I am so glad we connected too. We have literally, we were talking about it before recording, so much in common. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I have never just, as I was listening to your podcast, I'm like, yes, me, like just going through the check marks of I, this girl is just meant to be in my life. (laughs) Yes. And from, from little things to big things, like the little thing we were saying, my brothers are twins that are eight minutes apart. She has twins that are eight minutes apart. <laughs> just what? crazy yes. random things like, like that. Okay, I don't, yeah. <laughs> so I always like to start off by having you tell us in your own words a little bit more about you and what you're up to these days. Awesome. So like you said, the majority of my time right now is spent curating the Courage Up podcast and really developing a culture of courage. And then in my full time, I taught kindergarten and first grade for many years and then moved into an instructional coach position where I worked with teachers and students and impacted so many more students and teachers that way. And then I'm currently a director of curriculum and instruction impacting students and staff in that way. And then how happiness came into my life is I was reading The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor and he, so many of what he wrote just resonated with me of these are great habits that we can adapt in our personal life. And so I started using it with my students in the classroom also, because I'm like, these are really great strategies for adults. What about for kids too? And it was so cool watching how kids took some of these habits. And then as I had a family, I'm like, wait, if I'm doing these habits with other kids, can I do it with my own family too? That's how the happiness movement, I guess, really impacted me and my family. Amazing. So I love that, first of all, you're now taking that and building your own community around courage and lifting each other up. But then I've never read The Happiness Advantage, but you took that and then not only applied it to your work in real life, but then to your family as well. 
Oh, you would love it, Katie. I will mail you a copy, maybe. I wrote it down already, so it's on my list. <laughs> like, when am I going to read all these books? But <laughs> this one sounds like one well, that I'll I would love. I'll just sum it up for you so you don't have to read it. How about that? <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Well, the world can always use more happiness, and that's why I'm so excited that that's the topic we're going to be talking about. Where do you want to start with these three habits? Let's jump into it. Yeah. So the first one I think we've heard a lot, but it's really important, is sharing gratitude. When we share gratitude, there's so much research around the positive impact that it has on our lives because when we are grateful, then we feel like our life is enough. We stop going to, well, I'll be happy when I get this toy or I'll be happy when I can have this or that or that, right? When we can look for what we're grateful for in the world, we're like, hey, what I have is really, really good and I'm appreciative. So it sounds really easy. It's kind of funny because when the strategy of gratitude was introduced to me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so grateful. I don't need to try it out. And I'm like, what took me so long to just sit down and reflect? It doesn't hurt anything, but it does take time. And I think I just thought, oh, I don't have enough time to do that, which sounds so silly now. No, I hear you because you're thinking like, oh, you know, I'm grateful in my head for all of these things. Why do I need to actually make it a practice in my life? Totally. Yes, Katie, exactly. What are some ways that you can share gratitude? What are some strategies around that? So this is great. If you want to start as an adult, you're like, hey, I want to really hone in on this practice first. I would recommend just having a journal by your nightstand and writing down three things you're grateful for before you go to bed. That's how I started. And then my kids are now four. What we do is part of our bedtime routine is right before they go to sleep, we say, what is one thing you're grateful for? And all four of us, um, if we're all together that night, each of us takes a turn to share. So usually I share first or my husband, and then we ask the boys. And they're only four, so we want to introduce them to the word grateful and gratitude, but we'll ask the question of what makes your heart happy? Like, what really made you feel happy today? Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) So it's really cute. Like, I'll say something like, I'm really grateful that we had a really nice dinner together, right? Or my husband will say, "Um, I'm grateful that my wife takes care of the family. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But And then the boys, it's really cute looking at gratitude through the lens of a little child because they'll say, I'm grateful my brother played with me today. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. the dumpy truck had mud in it. Like it's just so the simple pleasures are enjoyed by them. And it's, it, it makes me extra grateful too, honestly. Absolutely. And I was just thinking about that. So we do a similar practice at our house and I don't think it was quite as intentional. It was just something that I've always done since probably my oldest was two or three, except I always say, what was the best part of your day today and what made you happy? And so it's very similar. And the things he would come up with, just like you said, it's like, I was able to pet the dog. And it's yes. like, you know, like that's what made him happy. And so it's great to hear them say that. And as he got older, so when he was five, he decided himself that since he's five, he should come up with five every day. And now he's six. So he comes up with six when we do it. So it's very similar, but I really like the wording that you use. And I think it's so beneficial. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that is so cute, Katie. As you're saying, he came up with five himself. My heart just like burst open with, he, that is adorable. 
Yes. And I'm just going to add this too, is if we teach our kids to be grateful now, and it's a practice that they start young, it becomes a habit. So as they go through their trying teen years, when they're trying to figure out who they are, or when they're leaving, graduating high school and leaving to go to college, and there's so much practice that's been embedded that it will be so natural for them to continue to see the bright side and the positivity as they venture out into challenging or hard situations. Yes, definitely. And going back on the journal thing that you mentioned, starting there. So I bought a a journal, specifically a gratitude journal that I saw somewhere, and it got me in the habit of just having it next to my bed and writing in it. And after I was doing that, I started realizing I would randomly be grateful for things throughout the day that I never thought of before. Here's an example. I was I pulled up into my driveway after a really long day and I pushed the button for my garage door to open and the thought that went through my mind was I'm so great I always wanted a garage door that had a button when I was little like I'm so grateful <laughs> for that little thing. And I'm like yes. what, it, what am I doing and it's because I was so mindful of like write down things that you're grateful for and it's like the little things start to stand out to you that like I'm lucky. I'm actually really lucky that I have that. Like a lot of people don't. Yeah, garage doors. Yes, you'll surprise yourself once you start doing it. Totally. I can't wait for your listeners to share with you what are some of the gratitudes that either they've discovered or that their kids are sharing with them. Oh yes, that would be amazing to hear what everyone has to say. Okay, so that's the first one: sharing gratitude. I love it. Is there anything else to add to that, or do you want to move on to number two? Let's go to the second one. Okay, great. So the second one is spending quality time together. And when I mean quality time, I mean you're focused on your family and what's happening. So often, and I know I'm guilty of this too, is right now I'm working from home and taking care of my boys. Usually they'd be in school, but with everything that's happening. And so I'm so distracted when I'm trying to respond to an email and play with them and whatever. And I know that we're spending time together, but it's not quality time. So make sure that when you choose the quality time that devices are away and you're all together. And one great way to do this is to spend time exercising, whether it's going on a bike ride, a walk, playing in the yard, like get outside. Because when we spend 15 minutes exercising every day, We get those endorphins pumping, we're a bit happier. And if we can just get 15 minutes, that's all you need of exercise, then it increases our level of happiness. And so if we do that as a family, it's just like a jolt of endorphins of spending time with your family and getting the exercise in. So one thing that we do as a family is my boys love to ride their pedal bikes. They're so excited to be fast on it. And I used to be able to just walk with them, but now I can't keep up. So we go on family bike rides and it's just so fun being in the moment. And we notice so many different things on the trails that we're on of of trees and nature and birds and all this stuff. So it's really like a dual purpose of being together intentionally with that quality time and getting some exercise in. We are doing that in our home as well, which is why you and I are so similar, <laughs> but um, especially throughout w- with being at home and working from home and doing all of that. Even right before this podcast, my two-year-old wanted to be in the room with me and 
when I'm recording, it's really hard to have her in the room because you never know <laughs> when you she's going to need it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hated to do it, but I was like, no, I, I have to record this podcast. But as soon as I'm done, we're going to go take a walk, just me and you, and we'll have our own time. And she's like, okay, mommy, like very excited. So that's one example. And then the second is bike rides. We're, <laughs> I, I saw that on your Instagram, I think yesterday. I was like, bike rides have been a huge part of our family bonding during this COVID-19 stuff going on as well. And the conversations that come up when you're out there and getting fresh air just bring you all closer. And you it's like you never know what they're going to say and they're having fun. And it's just a great way to bond, but then also be healthy at the same time. Totally, Katie. And I listened to this. I don't know what her title is, but she's a doctor of some sort. Her name's Dr. Wendy Mogul. I don't know if you've heard of her. She wrote a lot of books about parenting of like, okay. why skin knees are good. Every kid should get a B plus. And then she had this book called Voice Lessons. And she's like, get out there in nature and do forest bathing. It's the new thing. Like, enjoy it. <laughs> and so I looked, turn over to my husband. I'm like, we have to forest bathe. You know, like I'm a good mom if I forest bathe with my kids. So I'm what like, is forest bathing? <laughs> so forest bathing is from the Japanese and it derives from their term called Shinrin Yoku. And it's just going out in nature and being one with nature. So it could be with a bunch of trees, it could be in a field, um, and just soaking in nature. I feel like I should have known that, but you never know what you'll learn on your own podcast. <laughs> right. And then it's funny because it's like, why do they use bathing? Like, why is it yeah. forced bathing? But all the celebrities in LA are forced bathing right now. You hear? Okay, now I'm going to start seeing that everywhere, I'm you sure. You totally are. <laughs> So, so when we're bike riding, I'm like, we're forest bathing. We're totally Shinrin Yokoing. And my husband, we just, it's a big joke now in our family. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. We went on a walk recently. I guess we were forest bathing and <laughs> we, we found the biggest dandelion in the world. Oh. Uh, that's, that was what my son deemed it. It was, it was definitely very big. And then we found an old, baseball that was probably like, I don't know, from last season, but the skin of the baseball had fallen off of it. So it looked like it was like a really old time baseball. And then I don't know, there was just all these things on one walk that were out in nature. And it just brought up all these little memories that we now have of finding the biggest dandelion in the world and an old time baseball. So you never know what forest bathing will bring up. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. We also do um, oh. kind of combine that first and second one is where we go on gratitude walks. And you just take a walk and then notice what's around you and what you're grateful for. So you could do like a combo for your listeners out there. Oh, yeah, that is perfect. Okay, we've got gratitude. We've got quality time. What is the third habit? Okay, the third habit is really simple, but also challenging. I feel like all of these are kind of had that same through line. And it's showing up for each other through positive communication and just being there for each other. So what I mean by that is when someone gets this, this is the best example that I can think of in our family. Let's say one of the boys gets hurt. The other one goes right over and the first question he asks is, are you okay? I'm here. So he shows that I, I care about how you're doing and I'm here for you. And sometimes they'll also ask the question like, are you sad right now? And they're like, yeah, I'm sad. And so oh. they just like sit there together and he's with him with his sadness. And then he's like, 
what do you need? And so my kids really love to read because I'm one of those crazy parents. Katie, I haven't let my kids watch TV yet. Maybe that's a different conversation for another day. But so he'll say like, can you read me a book or can you bring me an ice pack or something? So like I'm trying to cultivate between my kids that they are there for each other no matter what. So I don't know if that example kind of shows that clearly, but that's what I can think of is that through good times and bad, it's really easy to show up for each other in good times. And it's also important to show up for each other during the sad times too. Oh, my heart was just like, oh, I could just picture these little four-year-old twins consoling each other. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's cute. really cute. Now, sometimes the one brother is inflicting the pain on the other one. <laughs> of course. Right? Because that's what siblings do. And so in our house, they apologize. And then they ask a follow-up question, which is so cute the way they say it. So I always tell them, ask your brother how you can make it right. And in their cute little vernacular, they say, how I make it right. And what that means is, I hurt you on accident or on purpose. And because I care about you, I want to make it right with you so that our relationship is good again. So an example is that one of the boys took a book from his brother. He just yanked it out of his hand because he wanted it. And so that made the other brother sad. So then he asked, how, I make, how can I make it right? And then he said, oh, you can read me the book together. And then that's how they solve their problem. So we're, they're also like learning how to positively communicate with each other and use words, which it's still a work in progress. It's definitely not perfect at my house, but I'm trying to instill in them skills that I want them to use with each other and with their friends as they get older. Yeah. And they will be such great examples for their friends for having learned that. Have you taught them that language specifically so they know how to do that? Yes. So they say to each other how I make it right. And in the beginning, I had to cue them like, remember, ask your brother, how you, how can you make it right? And now they do it on their own. And Katie too, as a parent, I think this is huge courage in parenting is that when I do something that I shouldn't have, like sometimes I lose my cool and yell at them. I don't know if any of you moms out there have done that also. Never. <laughs> I have a lot to learn from you, Katie. <laughs> so I'll lose them and be like, ah, and just start start yelling at them. And then later on, it's funny, they'll say, why are you talking so loud? I'm like, I'm really sorry. I was feeling frustrated. So I chose to yell. Let me try that again. How can I make it right? And they'll say, like, I love that. give me a hug or no more loud talking, you know, like in their own little way, how they do it. So we're, we're trying to model it too, which is really hard and totally imperfect. It's, it is imperfect, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. And it's setting such a good example for them growing up. Thanks, Katie. We're trying. I'm like, <laughs> I know they'll need therapy. I know they will, but I'll try to like minimize the amount of topics that I appear in their conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like an amazing mom. And I think these are great habits to bring into everyone's life, whether it's, you know, just for yourself, but bringing it to your family. I think that these are helpful for everybody. For sure. And I would just start with one. If you can just pick one. Don't try to do all of it at once because then you'll feel overwhelmed and like, oh, I'm not being a good mom. And, and there's so many other things outside in the world that 
we see that we compare ourselves to as a mom, just pick one thing that you want to do as a family. And I would start with gratitudes, just one, one a day. It could be before bedtime. It could be dinner time. Whenever it is, I would pair it with a routine that you're already doing so it can stay consistent. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's how I always like to end these episodes actually is like, what's the one next best step that someone can take? Because if you try to conquer everything at once, we're trying to bust through that overwhelm. We're trying to make things (laughs) easier. So if there's one thing, I agree with you, start with that gratitude and then start incorporating it into everything else. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. If anybody wants to learn more about you and especially your new podcast, Courage Up, what's the best way to find you? Yes, please come find me. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as Ming Shelby, M-I-N-G-S-H-E-L-B-Y. And then on my website is www.mingshelby.com. So you can find me there. And my podcast is linked to the website and it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all that kind of good stuff. So I would love to hear from your audience and connect with them. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I I know that I could because we talked for a while before (laughs) we even got on. So (laughs) beautiful. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Katie. Well, there you have it. I hope you all enjoyed Ming's tips for bringing more happiness into your home. Here's a quick recap. These ideas that Ming shared came from reading The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker, which I've linked to in the show notes. She realized that if these were great habits for adults to be happier, she may be able to bring them into the classroom and then eventually at home when she had her own children. The first habit is to share gratitude. If we teach our children to be grateful now and it's a practice that they start young, it becomes a habit. And as they grow up, gratitude becomes a practice that has been embedded and it becomes more natural for them to see the bright side and positivity in life. Number two, spend quality time together. This means truly focused family time without distractions. A great way to do this is by exercising together. Go on a bike ride, a walk, or play in the yard. Just get outside because 15 minutes of exercising a day will get those endorphins pumping and help us feel happier. And number three, show up for each other through positive communication. Give your children the language to begin practicing empathy and positive communication. I loved how Ming shared that her kids ask each other, are you okay? And they let the other know that they're there for support. And they're four years old. That's amazing. I've also already started implementing the how can I make it right suggestion with my own two kids. I hope you guys find these tips helpful for bringing happiness into your own home. Remember, you don't have to overwhelm yourself and try to do all of these at once. Your next best step, if you could pick just one, is to start with gratitude and pair it with a routine that you're already doing so you can stay consistent. Once you start doing that, I'd love to hear how it goes. Head on over to the Motherhood Aligned Facebook group and let me know. I'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, real quick before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If anything you heard in this episode resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes so more people can find us. Also, check out motherhoodaligned.com for more resources and be sure to say hi on Facebook and Instagram at Motherhood Aligned. I'll talk to you soon.